welcome to episode 95 of Friends of Film, a podcast because it's new news and theatrical releases. On this episode, we'll cover Captain Marvel casting, Shazam casting, a new DC movie, and more after review Suburbicon. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Stitcher, Soundcloud, and iTunes by searching Friends of Film. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood. Once again, join a man who hasn't stopped listening to the greatest showman soundtrack preview, Josh Straley. Oh, they're both so good. They are. Both, like, in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know they dropped yesterday, um, Friday. Until you texted me, and then they literally went into their own playlist and looped the rest of my work day. <laughs> right. I mean, they are they're really good. I mean, it's early. We haven't seen the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, if you would have had me listen to, like, City of Stars or the opening number of La La Land before, yeah. I don't... This one just, like, it catches me. I love the, like, kind of the rock and roll hip-hop vibe of it, and it's totally different than what I expected, so... I think this is a very good shot of making some Oscar run in terms of the original music category. Yeah, and Kayla, The Greatest Showman is like a really good one. Like, it's explosive. It's got like, you know, all these sounds and noises that are, I think we're going to play out really well when the film comes out, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, is it Kayla? Kayla Settles? I think it's, yeah, Kayla. This is me? Okay, yeah. I don't know. Whatever she just blows that track. I th- is that away. that's the bearded lady, yes. right? Yeah. I, so yeah. like I've heard she's like the standout of the movie. So awesome. She could get some love come award season, but we'll have to see whether or not Suburbicon gets any love uh, <laughs> no, later I, on. No. Probably won't. Uh, but we, that is what we're going to be reviewing yeah. this week. It's Josh's week to start, and if mm-hmm. we dive into spoilers, there will be timestamp in the description of this episode. As always, you guys can skip those spoilers if you're interested in seeing Suburbicon and haven't already, and that way you guys can stick with us through the news. But otherwise, Josh, what'd you think? Well, spoiler, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. Suburbicon is all the ideas, all has all the makings um, in the trailer of a Coen Brothers film. Uh, nutty, but also somewhat deep, or at least you can discern some kind of meaning from it. Um, but without their care, without their director or directorial efforts, the movie's rotten. Uh, it's uh, the only way I want to say it is like it, it feels like a corporate casting mm-hmm. through and through, from George Clooney directing to Matt Damon and Julian Moore. Uh, you know, this, this, I, I think about this movie in hindsight and think this could have been Fargo. This could have been like closer to Burner after reading in yeah. some of its, some of its whimsicalness and kind of the story it wanted to tell. But no, uh, I can't even think of a bad Coen Brothers movie that they've directed to like compare it to. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna leave it at that and say. <laughs> And move forward here. Um, for, before I say so, Matt Damon and Julian Moore, terrific um, actor, actress. They they did well with their performances, but I hated their story. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that's it makes me so mad that they were the focus of this film because the first three minutes of this film, I loved to death. Uh, laughed hysterically because it's about, we get introduced to this a perfect neighborhood, mm-hmm. Suburbicon, come move here, it's amazing. And everyone's being friendly and chipper, and then the mayors move in, and they're a black family, mm-hmm. and then everyone's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And like the, the mailman, um, played by Steve Monroe, just like, when he gets up there to give them their mail, because he's so excited to meet the new neighbors, just seeing like <laughs> this awkward life drain, drain from his face, it's just like, oh man, this is the movie I want to see. Mm-hmm. And we only get snapshots of it. It just kind of turns into the town, like harassing the two. And 
yeah, I get that as like a story point, but I want to follow that as more than I want to just see Matt Damon and Julie Moore uh, be terrible neighbors. Yeah. For lack of a better word. You know, before we get into kind of talking the plot. Um, the only part of this movie that brought me that same amount of life from the first two minutes was the arrival of Oscar Isaac. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, well, killed it. Yeah, he killed totally. It. Um, he's, I don't know, charismatic, but earnest as the salesman and just, uh, I don't know, the mustache that he was sporting. I had, I don't think I'd seen on him before. So it was just like, oh, it's a new character. <laughs> it was terrific. And him and uh, Moore's back and forth uh, when they're discussing like claims and things like that. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I did appreciate that. Uh, man, and I guess we'll talk about this more though, but everything other than those t- parts is fractured because we're seeing it through the eyes of the kid, but also we get thrown to Damon's life and mm-hmm. I re- it's really boring and the mystery and the intrigue that's supposed to be funny just kind of isn't. At all, and I, and I can't say why yet, but it does. There's no, there's no sympathy ever to be had for these people. So you're just kind of left wondering. I'm just supposed to kind of watch this all play out, mm-hmm. and then feel bad for the kid, but he's only in maybe a fourth of it, yeah. a fifth of it at most. Uh, so. You know, that that becomes what it is. But I do love the setup for the movie. Um, The things I can say are Jenny Egan from Costume Design, phenomenal. (laughs) Set set decoration, Jane Pascal. Art direction, Kristen Monroe, uh, phenomenal. Uh, Robert uh, Elswit as cinematographer, great. But everything else is just like... You're watch look at you're looking at a well polished turd. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I I was so mad that the funniest parts of the movie were three three snippets. Um, and then the last part being the most like evocative when we come back to the mayors for the final time mm-hmm. and you and the film's theme sort of finally pulls through as hazy as it may uh. seem. You're like, Oh, I get it now. But movie doesn't drive it home. It's almost just like, no, it's a Matt Damon comedy, drama, dark comedy. And, uh, you know, there's this part here too that was, I got to imagine was probably core to the original script or, you know, Mm -hmm. some kind of early writing, but it doesn't drive its point home. It's almost scared to do it. And that made me so mad. Uh, So I'm going to give it two ticket stubs. Okay. I was just, uh, it could have been so much more. It could have. All right. Well, what were you, what are you thinking here? This is not a good movie. Okay. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, Oscar Isaac, like you said, he is really the only good part of this movie for me. He breathed in this fresh life. Mm-hmm. He was energetic. He was charismatic. He got some fun uh, character to play as the insurance uh, claim guy and yeah. trying to figure out whether or not what happens in this movie happened uh, legitimately or if this was all just a setup and like, just a con basically and right but the thing is he's in there for like 10 minutes and like that was it and i, so I, I yeah. was i was happy for 10 minutes of a two-hour movie mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a very good uh uh no fraction you know that's not a very good like right comparison so i mean literally anything else this movie i wasn't a fan of matt damon 
his character was the most unlikable lead I've seen in a movie in years. Yeah. Just not because he's like, it wasn't even because he was just a villain or something like, oh, we're following this anti-hero approach. Right. He was just unlikable. Mm-hmm. Everything he did, the way he treated his kid, the whole thing that happens in his life. I'm just like, I hate this guy. Yeah. And I don't want him to win. And then the fact that they keep trying to push it that way, I'm just like, please stop. Just mm-hmm. let him fail. And the tone of this movie was all over the place. It started, like you mentioned, that first three minutes. It's kind of like this the campy, like awkwardly fun, like right. perfect world scenario. And then just gets like twisted upside down. You're like, oh, okay, this is going to go into some racial stuff and like, mm-hmm. about, like all that sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, this could be really interesting. But really, you could cut all of that stuff out with the neighbors and this movie doesn't change. Yeah. Like they're 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 not important, and the fact that they just kept throwing it back to them over and over, I was like, why? Right. I was waiting for like, okay, the reason that all of this bad stuff happens to Matt Damon and his family is because his son befriended the black kid, and it was it was because of this racial stuff. But it wasn't about that at all. It was just a coincidence that they moved in the same time all this bad stuff happened. Right. And I was like why this makes no sense and so so then it gets into like these really somber tones where like everybody's sad and then tries to be funny but like the natural coen brothers dark humor doesn't work at all like there's barely any jokes that actually work Mm -hmm. and the only good stuff is the ones we saw in the trailers so i knew they were coming and so and they weren't as impactful because i'd seen them 10 times before probably Mm -hmm. um it, so it, and plus the characters this movie like the the relationship between matt damon and julianne moore there are some there's things to happen between these characters that any normal person would be like what is happening yeah with these two people and they don't address anything that happens at all and i'm just left wondering is this kid an idiot is mm-hmm. he just dumb is he just i don't know what's happening or is he just like oblivious to what is going on around him and so is the rest of the neighborhood. Well, he kind of pieces it together a bit near the end. Yeah. When he calls his uncle. But yeah. And I think that's the part of the film that's like thematic that I think they kind of got right. But go, I mean, go ahead. Okay. We'll get to it in a second. Um, but I just don't think this movie knew what it wanted to be. Like it had those racial undertones. And I think if it would have honed in on those, yeah. it would have been a really good movie, especially the way it ends. It could have been a whole different thing that I can kind of get to more in spoilers. But the other terrible thing about this movie was that the marketing spoiled the entire thing. As I was watching it, I was like, okay, I was having flashbacks to the trailer. I was like, okay, when's this scene going to happen? And then probably about 40 minutes before it ended, I was like, none of this stuff has happened yet. Right. And I was like, oh, so this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yeah. And this is going to happen. And they telegraphed the ending based on those trailers by like 25 minutes. And so mm-hmm. then I was just like the last 20 minutes, I was just bored out of my mind. Cause I was just like, I know how this is going to end yeah. and now I'm just waiting. And that was really, really disappointing. And because the, of the tone and the unlikable characters and the only good thing I can say about this is Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Maybe the costume design was good and the set designs and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if we have to dive into that, no disrespect to those people because that's, that's right. hard work and they're obviously talented, but if you have to go past the actors, the directors, the writers, um, any any of the main parts of the movie to yeah. find some semblance okay. of good, that is not a good sign. All right. And I have to do this 
I can't believe I'm doing this. Giving it the lowest rating possible. Half ticket stub out of five. Whoa. That is worst the lowest the rating year. on the show, yes. too. Worst movie of the year. <laughs> Hated it. Yeah, you. Oh, wow. Okay. Terrible. Terrible movie. I oh wish I had not have gone. Um, I wish. And the thing that made it even worse is I was 45 minutes away from finishing my Stranger Things season two binge, and I had to stop to go see this movie. Oh, jeez. And Stranger Things season two is a billion times better than this piece of crap. Yeah, it is. What is this? Clooney's second directorial effort? Third? Clooney's? This is like Clooney's like fifth or something, I think. Okay, well, it's his worst. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I, I'm thinking of uh, Tomorrowland. Did... Was that him? No, that was, that was Brad Bird. He starred in it, but oh, okay, he didn't yeah. direct it. That yeah, I mean, he too. did uh, Leatherheads, um, Eyes of March, and then some other stuff oh, before yeah. that. Oh, yeah, Eyes of March is not good either. So, he, unsatisfying conclusions and climaxes that don't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking of Eyes of March now. Ryan Gosling, um, Paul Giamatti's in there as well, and then Clooney stars in it too. And Evan Rachel Wood from Westworld too. Mm-hmm. The film builds up and has all these all these really good pieces to it, but it has no idea what to do with them when the cards all get laid out on the table, and you're just like, I guess that's the end. Yep. And, I mean, that, this film had that same exact thing. And I know for a f- I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I can't imagine uh, the Coen brothers wrote this up the way it came out. Right. Because... At least, at least in burn after reading, there was. Well, is this the end of it then? And they're like, "Yeah, that's the end of it." Well, that was really stupid. Let's not do that again. Okay, sounds good. And right. then we get the, um, the the massive zoom out uh, from the Pentagon or wherever yeah. that place was in Langley, Virginia. And can, can I get into spoilers here? Yeah. So if you haven't seen Suburbicon, uh, skip ahead to the news. Otherwise, we're going to get into spoiler territory here for Suburbicon. Start. All right. So basically. From the trailers, you kind of assume that Matt Damon um, has his wife killed and he goes nuts over it. Mm-hmm. Basically, stops being a model citizen and goes like fights back from the mob. Not the case at all. Matt no. Damon's just an awful human being, a terrible husband who got his wife um, killed paralyzed. His wife. Well, got her paralyzed yeah. first, then hired two people to kill his wife. Because he was in love with her twin sister. Yes who then dyed her hair to look exactly like her sister. Yeah. And that was like, that was one of the moments I was like, right. Nobody is questioning this, that this sister who's living with her sister's husband, Mm -hmm. like dyed her hair to look exactly like them. And nobody's going to question this. Yeah. And thankfully, Oscar was like kind of like the, the voice of reason. Maybe it's why I liked him more. Uh Cause when he showed up, he's like, we've got a ton of red flags here. And, I love that part about him, or the whole thing, because he's kind of like adding sense to the movie while the entire while the rest of the town is just, you know, enraged by this normal keep to themselves uh, black family moves in next door, and they're just you know harassing them and trying to get them to move out. They eventually will set their car on fire, break mm-hmm. their windows, string up a Confederate flag, and I guess the theme of the movie was supposed to be while people are being awful to each other people are ready to subscribe it to other causes, other reasons. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really great theme. Cause make basically the, the, some of it is people, awful people are awful and mm-hmm. do awful things. It's not 
one race or right, yeah. you know, type of people or anything like that. But the movie doesn't want to talk about that. It just no. wants to show you Matt Damon be kooky with, uh, you know, killing two mobsters and beating Oscar Isaac with a golf club or a broom? With a, it was a, like a, um, like a, a fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, fire stoker. Yeah, stoker. yeah. 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 I mean, I think the movie would have been, a, I mean, a hundred times better if they had focused in on the kid, made him the main character, have all the same stuff happen around him. But in the end of the day, he can find that the only people that are willing to help him and look out, out for him and care for him are the mayor family. Yeah. And be like, you can just dive right into that. Go really just, mm-hmm. you know, go all in on that whole just idea of like, you know, like, yeah, your race doesn't matter. People right. will love you regardless. You can find, you know, um, companionship with anybody. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he could only find potentially friendship or even a future family with the mayors, I think would have been a much better way to go than just being like, mm-hmm. yeah, my family died. Right. Let's play some baseball. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, especially through the eyes of a kid who hasn't been like exactly. socialized to all the prejudices that you know those people have built up over their right. years, and th- that and they kind of they 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 poked at it, yeah, but they didn't build off of it at all. Well, yeah, because their murder was so much more fun, I guess. Right, and that's is, like in quotes there. Like, that's why I just didn't get the whole timing of it being like, all right, let's focus on him befriending the black kids, so they can go play baseball together, and seeing all the older white people that are clearly racist just like watch them be like oh we got to get them back yeah and then i was like okay so then his wife's gonna die because people are like hey you gotta stay away from this family because we don't support this kind of people and i was like okay this could be really interesting instead it has nothing to do with the movie and i was just like why is this why is this happening why do we keep cutting back other than just show that people back then because this movie takes place in the 1940s 50s yeah 50s yeah 40s 50s 60s just to show how racist and terrible people were back then to black right. people. And I'm like, oh, I get that. I understand that before I went to see this movie. Yeah. And the way you're using this now, it makes no sense to further the plot of the movie in any direction. So I was like, why Why is it such a heavy a heavy focus? Yeah. Which just, I mean, again, it's just distracting or and Not even maddening. a heavy focus. It's just background. It's subtext yeah. to Matt Damon's, you know, escapades. Mm-hmm. And that... And, if they if they would have given it half of the screen time or maybe a third of the screen time yeah. of the entire film, I would have I probably could be kinder to this. Maybe I mean I'm giving it two out of your point yeah. five. <laughs> so You're much kinder maybe, than I. Am. Perhaps I am already, but you know, like you said, uh, I if maybe this is maybe this is going to be a side effect here, but I movie pass is great, folks. By the way, and <laughs> okay. if I had actually you know shelled out you know money for this i yeah i I, it was not good yeah i mean i didn't pay to see i saw with colton so there you go for free and i was still pissed like i was like (laughs) why like it it wasn't i wasn't as mad as when i I saw huntsman winter's war because i had to pay for that one and i was like sure this movie i just made me so angry but there were still redeemable parts like Chris uh, Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain, terrific, and uh, uh, not not Emily Blunt. She wasn't very good in that, but there were there were decent parts to that movie. Where this one, I was like, "Oh, cool, Oscar Isaac's here," mm-hmm. and then he was dead, and I yeah. was like, "Well, now this movie sinks again." So <laughs> he did he did do a good job of dying though. His yeah, <laughs> he had a he had a great death. I mean, and that's the thing. Like there was a lot of like kind of over the top violence, and I was like. This kind of fits the tone. Like, that's the, kind of the typical Coen brother thing. Yep. 
but it also doesn't feel like it fits the tone of this movie because it's going for that kind of that old classic uh, style and everything. I was like, this just doesn't seem like it fits here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is definitely one I will never, ever, ever watch again. No, you know, you know it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I know I, it's bad. I agree. I mean, stay away from it. Yeah. But you know, hopefully, this is my saving grace. Like I said, I, I, I try to appreciate a little bit more like you know all of this so i just hope everything that was used for this movie gets stowed away kept safe and sound for fallout film okay to take place fallout could work takes that 40s 50s aesthetic to the 2020s and they kind of just go from there so i mean i haven't played fallout but like even the kid like isn't there like a like a like one of the faces of Fallout, like a kid or like some like yeah like a uh, he even like the kid in this movie kind of looks like that a pit that, boy yeah, yeah that's what they call him. like they, they he looks similar so maybe 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 they're already setting that up yeah, it's actually let's do a, it it's actually a prequel series to Fallout Heck yeah that's what it is uh, yeah who knows <laughs> I'd I'd be less interested to see the Fallout movie if that was the case because like it's it's starting off on bad footing of course I agree but yeah directed by George Clooney clearly we do not recommend Suburbicon have you started Stranger Things season two I have not yet I came home um, last night from a uh, I I was ready to and then I didn't. But now I think that's going to shape up to be, you know, this next my next week or two of distraction from yeah. uh, midterms and finals. Yeah, so. I mean it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Awesome. I was confused though because like I thought it was only seven episodes, so then I thought I had timed it perfectly to watch the whole thing before I went to go see this movie, mm-hmm. and then and episode seven and i was like that can't be the ending and i was like play episode eight and i was like oh so it's not the end it's eight Great. episodes just like the first season and then episode eight ended and i was like that can't be the ending <laughs> it's like play episode nine and i was like oh gosh dang it <laughs> i can't get i can't finish it so uh that was frustrating but uh so is this movie so we're going to uh take a break real quick and because uh, that's all we have for our view of suburbicon and be back in just a second with the news And we're back with the news, and as always, we're going to start with some trailers, and this week we got our first trailer for the latest film from Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Ooh. Josh, this was one that was in my top 10 most anticipated for the fall, based purely on those two names. Uh, the subject matter of this interests me zero. It is about you know these uh, the clothing business, yeah. really back in the day, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis plays this... Um, this, uh, why can't I talk Mozart of the needle. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You could use that as like the tagline of this movie. Um, (laughs) but it's clearly going to be a slow burn. I think it'll be almost like there will be blood, but without blood as much blood and probably as much (laughs) tension, even though this trailer, a lot of tension, very intense. Uh, even though it starts off very like it started off and it's kind of more like upbeat and it's kind Mm -hmm. of introducing the world of fashion. I was like, what is this? What is this movie going to be? This is very weird yeah. i was like this does not seem like a pta or down day lewis like the, the send-off for daniel day lewis arguably one of the greatest actors of all time mm-hmm. and i was like this doesn't seem like the retirement role i would, would expect from him but then it kicked in a little bit later he got a little bit more crazy there's some back and forth between him and his love about uh he like he sees himself as a uh what do they say in the trailer he's like 
he sees himself as like a depressed person. Or like cursed the, man. the world's against me. Yeah. Like he's cursed. And uh, so I think that will be the hook of the movie for me and really get me in there on that aspect. And then I'm sure there's going to be, I mean, there's clearly something that happens that makes that relationship very tenuous. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what that is. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm in. It's not a, it's not like a, wow, this, I mean, clearly Best Picture nominee, even though it probably will be, I mean, based on Talent Involved, but uh, it definitely piqued my interest uh, even more. Yeah, it's got Leslie Van Mill and Vicky Cripps in there too. Leslie Van Mill being his sister, mm-hmm. kind of like talking about him and giving like this cryptic past of the dude. So yeah. I don't know if like we're going to like make it all the way to there and figure out he's got like a closet full of skeletons or whatever the case is. It's possible. Um, but yeah, like it opens up and it's kind of like, this is not odd, different. Because I don't, yeah. I mean. But it's kind of odd. I, when I you would think say of, odd would be a all I've got descriptive. Yeah, all I've got in my head is Lincoln and there will be blood. Mm-hmm. And this is neither of those things no. in any respects. Up until, you know, like like you say, the end when Lewis is kind of like, I'm a hopeless romantic and I'm going to get crazy because I don't think you actually love me. And that seems to be right. where the notes of the movie are going to go. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it looks like another great character role for the dude. Um, learning about, I don't know, remember the guy's name, but, yeah, like you said, this master of uh, Victorian fashion mm-hmm. is looking for love and seems he's going to find it and then yeah. burn it all to the ground. Yep. So, uh, I, it, yeah, it's poised to be high drama, at least near the end. Phantom Thread, the the tone and the mood of the movie is a little haunting. It's, mm-hmm. you know, in that respect too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there will be blood was terrific. Boogie nights was something. So it was good. I actually just watched boogie nights for the first really? time, like last week yeah. or this week over the week, last weekend, sometime in the last week or so. Cause then like the day after I watched it or day t- two days after the whole like story from like Mark Wahlberg, like saying, Oh, I hope God forgives me for my role in boogie nights. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, it's, I mean, it's camp. It's a little bit campy. A little but campy, but I mean, it's. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good performance by Marky Mark. It's uh, the ending unnecessary, but right. Uh, it was something else. It's just weird <laughs> to think of like Paul An- Tom. Weird to think of Thomas Anderson being the director of that, mm-hmm. and then having there will be blood out yeah. there, and then if this movie does well, you know, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. captures attention. That'll be that is a crazy juxtaposition, right? And then like Magnolia. Have you seen Magnolia? I've not seen Magnolia. That one's. An- Really weird one, but it's also a really good one. Mm-hmm. A lot of a uh, lot of interesting characters in that one, and then the right. ending is very bizarre. But I mean, yeah, PTA delivers pretty, almost pretty, almost basically every single time. Awesome. So uh, hopefully he can do the same thing here. But we also got our second trailer for Netflix's Brights, directed by David Ayer, starring uh, Will Smith, Joel Edgerton, and Numi Rapace. And what do you think of this one? Loved it. Every every time I see more of this movie, it gets cooler. Yeah. The first trailer, the, the teaser was okay. The first trailer was great because I was like, "Oh, they're not they're not taking this movie seriously." And then I saw this one; they're not taking it seriously at all. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. It's it's stylized action. It's Will Smith being what Will Smith knows how to do exactly entertaining, exciting, but sharp and witty and i love that and then i just came off of seeing joel edgerton um in warrior when Mm -hmm. i watched this thing so 
because I didn't watch it till about an hour, two hours before we started recording today. Okay. So it's fresh in your mind. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, <laughs> watching Joel act in that ogre co- costume and makeup, uh, hilarious. Yeah. And you know, uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for Netflix. I'm excited for David Ayer getting back on track, but. You what? What'd you think? You've been I, watching this movie for so much longer. Than yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought this was uh, a great trailer as well. I was kind of surprised, kind of just looking around the web and seeing other people's reactions. It wasn't as positive as you and me are. People were like, really? "Oh man, this soundtrack is whack. Like it's too loud, and it just looks like Suicide Squad all over again." And I was like, "I don't think that's the case at all." I like the soundtrack. I like the music they were playing. And yeah, I mean, they spotlighted at the end of like featuring original music from. 10 artists and you're like okay yeah. th- cool but like it also i thought it worked well with, that, mm-hmm. with the tone of that trailer it will, looks like that's the tone they're going for instead of like with suicide squad where like the first trailer promised this very dark and gritty and yeah. grounded villain movie and you're like oh okay i'm interested in that and then it, by the end it was music videos for you know an hour 40 minutes and you're like <laughs> okay that wasn't what i was expecting but bohemian rhapsody that's right, right. But, but i mean this one it looks like that is what david Ayer wanted to do so uh i think that that is a good thing because he's not being forced into it i would assume and i mean yeah like you said the visuals were great i mean there's the the realism of having all these like these orcs and having like the gang wars basically between orcs and elves and cops yeah and then the stuff about like Joel Edgerton um, being the first orc to be a cop in the LAPD. I thought that was really interesting. And then they bring in the whole element of the magic wand, which is basically a nuclear weapon. And now they're looking to fight for control of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it looks I think it looks great. It looks out of this world. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, David Ayer's already kind of teased where he'd want to see a sequel go. So... I, I mean, this is a, and this is a huge gamble for Netflix. It's ninety million dollar budget reportedly, mm-hmm. so uh, this needs to be some sort of hit. However, they, you know, however they measure that for Netflix, right? Um, I hope it is that because uh, it looks like it's going to be a movie I'm going to enjoy very much and would probably want to see more installments of. Yeah, I guess you'd have to probably guess that. They'd have to take a look at subscriber uptick around yeah. the time of it. Maybe that's how you judge subscriber it. Subscriber uptick plus like they have viewing numbers. Yeah, I mean internally. they have, yeah they just don't release, which oh, is annoying. Bugs it. Yeah, I know. Because now we have to get like because uh, now there's like six third party sites that are like here's the streaming numbers for Netflix and they're all different, right? Because they gauge it off of like the social media usage and like how how well it's trending and how many people are mentioning yeah. it and stuff. And it's like that's not super accurate because. There's ha- there's some times I'll watch something on Netflix I don't tweet about it or put it on social media so I mean you're missing probably a lot of viewership there so I I mean I want to see those numbers we'll probably never will but that's kind of a separate yeah. discussion there so. was like an NBC executive that like said that they had a um a rating beta thing that like listened for the theme song music and that's how they yeah. like gauged it and I was just like dude but now you can uh, have- you can skip the uh, the opening stuff now. So. I hate that actually. Really? But that's a different. That's a whole different I like topic. It. No, the 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 intro theme is dying, and if you take that away, then think, where, what's the office theme song anymore? Hey, uh, that's the one I don't skip. I'll say that. All right, it, that, that is a that's a classic. But like you know, when I was watching my Stranger Things binge this weekend, I probably saved myself three minutes <laughs> from skipping those themes. <laughs> that's the part about the show everyone loved, the theme music. It's a great theme. I still hear the first five seconds before the skip intro thing pops up. But mm-hmm. it's, it's great. So uh, moving away from trailers into a bunch yeah. of superhero stuff. Okay. We got word this week from James Mangold himself. He told THR that, quote, 
we're working on a script, end quote, for Daphne Keene to have Ooh. a solo <gasps> X-23 movie. They've said that they may call it just Laura, which I would think which I think would be an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Kind of play off the Logan stuff, um, but not have it be like X-Men yeah. or X-Men X-23. Um, and then they also revealed that Craig Kyle, who's the creator of Laura, is working on the treatment with Mangold. So a uh, lot of good talent in here to get an X-23 movie. Yes. Do you want it? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it was in my review. I said, please, well, it was in like the lead up to the review. It was in the review. And it still stands now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you do, mm-hmm. I, but I, I hope Daphne King's a part of it. Oh, um, she has I, to be. I would, I would be absolutely. You can't recast I, her. I would be abhorred if they recast her yeah. or moved the plot ten years ahead. No, uh, absolutely no. No, the kid, the kid kicks so much butt in Logan. Um, if, if Hugh Jackman. And Sir Patrick Stewart had not been in that movie, uh, you I probably wouldn't have even cared because she, <laughs> she, if it would have been centric about her escaping and doing her own thing, that would have been so that would have been so awesome. But yeah, uh, I, I want to know what's next. Yeah, me too. I mean, especially the, with the, Mangold, the way it ends. I yeah, like is Mangold going to direct or is she just going to do the script for it? Because I think I mean we always talk about. You know, female directors getting big franchise stuff, and yeah. you know, there's always that pressure on on Star Wars to get one. There's pressure on DC uh, to continue to get them. Now <gasps> they got Patty Jenkins. There's, um, you know, that push for, um, you know, just all big franchises. But X Men's kind of the long. It's been running since 2000, and they've never had a female director in, you know, 11 movies or whatever. So yeah, I think X23 would be a great time to get a female director in there. But I mean, if it is mangled. He clearly knows how to use the character, and I think he would do a great job with it uh, if he is to direct. But just the fact they are working on a script is super exciting, like you yeah. said. because And he's involved. Yeah, because he's involved. The creator of the character is involved, uh, and it shows that Fox is very interested in making a movie happen with X-23. And, yeah, you have to have Daphne Keene back. There's no discussions about it. Amen. I would, I would hope... It goes R. I don't want to see him go down to PG-13 because the 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 violence that oh. she brought to her was half the reason she was so cool. Yeah, her ferocity. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't play well anywhere else. Like you could maybe you could maybe get away with it and like just not show as much blood, mm-hmm. but you already went R, so I don't want to see them take a step back. No, the, the, the part the reason she's so kick butt is because she rolled that head to Boy Hope's <laughs> rock. I can't, you can't go back from that. No. Uh, and, you know, so, oh, oh man. Catherine Bigelow should direct L- Laura. Okay. I know she probably has like five projects lined up. I could definitely up, be but. down for that. I would, what about, um, oh, shoot, what's her name? Uh, Kelly, um, Kelly Freeman Craig? Kelly Craig Freeman, the director of Edge of Seventeen. Oh wow! Yes, I mean Keen's got a great. Uh, yes, oh absolutely. I'd love to see that. Um, but as far as the story goes, yeah, I don't know where they would take the story. Um, but I would hope that it involves a bunch of the other kids that she ran off with. Like, I'd love to see if they made it to across the border, and then Eden is actually like a real thing, and there's like an X Men Haven and mm. or a mutant Haven, and then it's like them learning more about their abilities. Um, trying to stay safe 
And then, I don't know. I, the thing is, I don't know what you do with a villain because Boyd Holbrook's gone. Right. And I would have loved to see him come back oh, yeah. as the lead and not get sidetracked in the second half mm-hmm. of, the, of the film. So, yeah, he was too good. He was he was excellent. I, I think, I, man, if there's anybody... I know Patrick Stewart. He's the Stewart's, most underrated part of that movie. I think if Patrick Stewart gets an Oscar, if he gets an Oscar nom for best lead or best supporting. Best supporting, yeah. I mean, I hope now there's no way Holbrook's going to get Holbrook that done. Holbrook yeah. Oh, he was he, just he, too he good. He was too small. He was great. Yeah. But, but I, mean, I mean, I hope it I hope it stays a little bit more to the loner Western route. Yeah. Uh, versus being, oh, here's a new mutant school. No, yeah, I would. I don't think that would be the case. I mean, I, yeah. would, I think it would be something similar to what we got with the end of that movie where the kids have kind of built up their own place to call home, but they clearly have communications with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could figure out who that is, have them be there. Maybe it's like those kids going to find other mutants and help them get across. And uh, perhaps, I don't know. We're just spitballing here. I know. And I'm sure Mangold probably has better ideas than we <laughs> yeah, do. Of course he does. Um, Cause that's why he's getting paid the big bucks. I know. I, my mind, my, I, my gears are still turning about this. I haven't settled on what I want personally <laughs> right. yet, but I'm, I'm just like, we, but we know we give want me that. Yeah. Absolutely. Give me this. We have, we have to get an X 23 movie. Um, and moving on to the MCU variety reported this week that Disney has its eyes set on Ben Mendelsohn Ooh. to play the big bad in Captain Marvel. He'll yeah. reportedly uh, play the leader of the scrolls. If this deal gets done and it would see him reteam with his Mississippi grind directors, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. This is great. Ben, Ben Mendelsohn is terrific. Yep. He, he plays desperate so well. Um, at least when I think of him on rogue one mm-hmm. or, Obviously, Mississippi Grind, because just that entire yeah. character's oh, story so, arc so is good desperate. Absolutely. I, I really hate that that movie didn't get as much traction at all. But I'm glad. But it did. I mean, obviously, Anna, mm-hmm. uh, Bowden, and uh, Fleck, they're directing a $200 million film now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, absolutely. And then, two, I don't know what this movie's going to be. Like, the scrolls can shapeshift, right? Yes. Okay. So, I just, I'm spitballing here. Okay. But this, Ben Mendelsohn looks like Colonel Oliver North. And I have my theory right now still is that the scrolls are in the Middle East doing something out there because they can shapeshift. Mm. And Ben Mendelsohn is going to be a shapeshifting U.S. Army colonel that's also the leader of the scrolls because I just feel like it fits it so well. And that's that's it. That's all I got. I'm super uh, stoked about this. I don't know about that. All right. Fine. I think it's going to be very intergalactic. And I want to see Ben Mendelsohn in a bunch of green prosthetic prosthetics and oh, <laughs> really, could, really look a little crazy sure. uh, I okay. think I, but i mean he'll clearly i mean i'm sure he'll shapeshift into his normal human form whenever he goes to you know try to be just like a regular earth person to spy on carol danvers or something or just spy on earth or got it he'll shapeshift into somebody else um i also want to point out that i called this was going to happen did if you, you if you follow me on my other twitter account at movie cooper uh i said i can't wait for the day that Ben Mendelsohn and or Woody Harrelson are cast in Captain Marvel. So Ooh, well, one for one, 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 one for two. Yeah. One for two so far. And I think Woody's still going to come. So awesome. Uh, that's so. just a hunch though. No inside knowledge there, obviously, because I'm just a nobody, but, um, but yeah, I think yeah, Ben Mendelsohn's great. I mean, you mentioned rogue one. He's great in there. Bloodline. The first season, he is just phenomenal. I, I mean, haven't seen a season of ugh, Bloodline yet. So good. Uh, second, Season two was not as good, but still good. And I haven't seen season three yet. Is it so his I fault, don't though? Know. 
or is it the story? I think it it was a product of the creators had a really great vision for one season, mm-hmm. and then it was such a big hit that they're like, well, we have to get it back. True Detective. Okay, yeah, and I, then it was like, oh, okay, well, how do we continue this? And then they knew they were getting a season three, so it was like, all right, we're gonna have to end it another weird way where like this this family just keeps getting caught up and like the te- work the most. Horrific. Horrific scenarios, unbelievable scenarios, and you're like, you can't keep escaping this, but they keep do. Gotcha. So uh, <laughs> a little frustrating there. But, I mean, yeah, I think I think this deal is absolutely going to happen. It's definitely going to close. Ben Melson will be a part of Captain Marvel, and I think he's going to make a great lead villain in the Skrulls. I don't know who, what the character's name is going to be. I tried to look up and be like, all right, who's the leader of the Skrulls? Mm-hmm. But there's just, like, so many from different Earths and – um, different comic book universes, and the scrolls are co-owned by Fox and Marvel, so Marvel can only use certain types of scrolls. Half so of it makes it really gotcha. complicated to try to figure out. And I don't think it really matters. Be like, oh, he's playing this one, which means he's gonna they're gonna do this and this and this. It's just gonna be like he just leads the scrolls. Yeah. He's just like an army general mm-hmm. <laughs> for aliens. Yeah, I hear you. And that's I mean, gonna that's gonna be great. So, all right. Uh, but we did get some other big cast this week. Also, kind of Captain Marvel related, depending on if you're how well you want to perceive this character. Because way back in the day, DC had a character named Captain Marvel, but it's since been renamed to Shazam. And we finally have our Shazam with the Warner Brothers finally announcing that Zachary Levy has landed the coveted Ooh. role. THR broke the news, but David, uh, but director David F. Sandberg has, has since confirmed this, and uh, Zachary Levy has also gone on social media to. Just kind of say how thankful he is and grateful uh, to take on this role and that he's going to be hitting the gym very hard for the next couple of months to get in shape to be a superhero. What do you think of this casting? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's earnest um, a little bit. His previous roles have been kind of somewhat zany and goofy as a character. Uh but then also his Fandrel from Thor the Dark World? Yes. Is that who he plays? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was him. All right. I was guessing. Yeah. Was after, like yeah. Not in the first Thor. Right. He, he got, he was recast into the role. They throw in out Thor 2. Josh. What's his face? Josh. I don't remember. Yeah. So Josh. But yeah. Okay. And then he was in Alvin and the Chipmunks 2. The Squeakquel. Oh, Which okay. is very obscure. But not that obscure. I've seen the movie. It was a good movie, I don't remember actually. him in there. But he's great in that too. I mean, interacting with cgi chipmunks so sure <laughs> he's got it he's down he's, he's down for this uh yeah i like it i like it a lot um john cena would have been a great choice too i know that was thrown around a ton and i would have been i would have totally liked that but levy perfect choice i think yeah you? yeah i totally agree uh it was named that i mean I, I follow this stuff pretty closely and like follow the rumors and speculation and there was never any word that zachary levy was the one of, was even a contender for this role so the fact that he got it and they were able to keep it a secret i loved um, and I think he is going to be a great choice for the role. And I think he is, he's that perfect. Um, he's in that perfect space of being sort of known mm-hmm. for Matt, for people that are fans of Chuck, uh, maybe who watched heroes reborn. <laughs> uh, I would uh, say Chuck was the only thing I knew him from t- um, television wise. Right. And then like, you know, if, if, if you were a really diehard MCU fan, you're like, Oh, Fandral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved him for the two minutes he was on screen. Uh, so but he, so he's not like that huge name, like a John Cena, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's John Cena. And you get the memes and the vines and everything of John Cena. And then he's not an Army Hammer, where everybody knows who Army Hammer is by now. Right. And so he's that great choice where you're not going to be automatically associated him with like, oh, so they just got the old wrestler or mm-hmm. they got whatever Army Hammer is known for, Social Network. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, okay, they got that guy from that TV show on NBC, I believe. Like, 
back in the day. Yeah, like 10 years ago. Okay, cool. But now he can grow into this role mm-hmm. and become Shazam. And I think he has uh, the right sort of charisma and acting ability to play the kiddish nature of Shazam because he is a yeah. superhero that he's going to have to act like a 12-year-old. Right. And I think that could be really fun for Zachary Levy to do. And I have all the faith in the world that he's going to be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I just can't wait to see, uh, see yeah. this movie. Oh, me, me either. Uh, the one thing I do want to ask you about is, because you were kind of talking about it a little bit on Twitter earlier, is have we fan cast the kid yet? No. Do you have, I mean, you had popped off one or two ideas. Uh, I had the suggestion thrown to me today of Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. I think that'd be a great choice, but Stranger Things Season 3 is probably going to start filming next couple of months. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would work scheduling-wise, but, but the other one I've been wanting for the whole year has been Jacob Tremblay, because I think he has... He could be that perfect kind of innocent little child um, that goes through the foster care system and then stumbles on an adventure and is granted superhero abilities. And I think he could play with that yeah. really well. Um, do you have any suggestions for I, Billy I w- Batson? I was going to just double down on Finn, mainly because he could. he's a little bit... He does geeky a little bit better yeah. than I think Jacob Tremblay could because mm-hmm. Tremblay's just like he's so just sweet. So, yeah. And you're like, oh, like so him gaining superpowers wouldn't be as entertaining yeah i agree as much as it would for finn or like you know the school the kid that gets bullied all the time to uh suddenly be like you know a godlike figure on earth or whatever the kid or whatever shazam technically is yeah so but yeah whatever they go with or jack grazer from it okay the, go with the other one yes the placebo kid okay uh, i could yeah. see that i do yeah but i mean once i heard the suggestion of finn i was like yeah that's a it's pretty right on the money, I feel like, because he could play that energetic, but he can also be like the, what the heck is happening to me? Right. And make that really, really fun. And then there's the underage draw in yeah. Stranger Things, just blowing up right now. So Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things, it, I mean, he's he's a high, he's a hot commodity right now. Absolutely. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with Billy Batson. We'll probably get that cast in the next couple of weeks now that Zachary Levy's on board. But we also got some big news out of the DC uh, universe, which is no longer called the DCEU, just for clarification's sake. <gasps> what do they call it now? That we have no name. Oh, okay, good. Because apparently the the term DCEU was made up by a EW writer in like 2015 as a joke, oh, but everybody oh, just ran oh. with it because like, okay, we like that DC Extended Universe. That's the official name, but it's it's really not apparently. So oh. uh, from now on, we don't know what we're calling it. But uh, we got word this week from the rap that the Raid director, Gareth Evans, is in talks to direct a Deathstroke solo movie starring Joe Manganiello for WB. Evans uh, reportedly pitched this movie during an interview for Just League Dark because the studio wanted him to direct that movie, which I think is interesting. Hmm. Um, But he kind of figured that one wasn't going to work out, so he pitched. He's like, but since I'm here, here's my idea for a Deathstroke movie, which they weren't planning on making, but they're like, that's a great pitch. You're hired and start writing, uh, start getting it going. So uh, we'll get another DC movie. Yeah. And this one seems like a perfect pairing, in my opinion. I can't speak to that just yet. Okay. But I love the idea of a Deathstroke spinoff movie. Um, because, first of all, if Joe Manganiello is Deathstroke, right? Yep. Even though he hasn't technically... He is, he's been Deathstroke probably in Justice League. Uh, he probably shot something for Justice League. I don't think okay. he is still in the movie. Fair enough. Because uh, it's only two hours. and He's ex- Yeah, I know. Which, which is, we could get into that. That's, would, a, that's a big issue for a lot of people, apparently. All right. well, I, I think it's great. But anyway, uh, 
I've swayed, uh, slayed Wilson. I've, I've read up on the character. I've not read any comic arcs of him. Maybe you okay. can speak to that a little bit more. A little bit. But sounds like he's sort of like a Boba Fett kind of guy. Uh, and I would love to see that, you know, played out, you know, on screen. Mm-hmm. But Gareth Evans, you've seen both raids I've now? I've seen both raids, so yeah. What are we in for? Both of these movies have been on my radar to watch for, I don't know, two years probably. But I was like, I'll get to them. Like, I've heard great things about them. Um, yeah. But it's always just a struggle for me personally to watch foreign language movies because I hate reading subtitles. Mm-hmm. But since it's such an action-heavy movie, it's a little easier because there's not as much dialogue. It's right. not like a drama. It was more like, all right, here's five seconds of dialogue or five minutes of dialogue. Here's 20 minutes of action. And, I mean, the raid... I've I've given you both movies to watch yes. uh, as homework. Um, they are loaded. <laughs> they are locked and loaded into my DVR. Uh, yes, and like Blue I Ray mean, th- this the action in this I can't I can't hype it up enough. It is oh, okay. it is insane the stuff that Gareth Evans does and um, the star Eco Uwes. I mean, he is phenomenal. I want him to be in this movie in some capacity because. They already are very familiar with each other, but then you could give Deathstroke a really great person to go hand-to-hand with, which I think would be a great change of pace um, for a lot of superhero films. I have you know, these big, um, you know, these epic powers, these big invasions. It's just like, I want to see one with a final battle that's just mano-a-mano, like maybe some knives, maybe a pistol, mm-hmm. but really just a bunch of punches. I'm yeah. like, that, that'll be cool. Okay. And, Gareth Evans can absolutely deliver on that front. Um, watching the Raid Two, him being the writer of the movie uh, makes it a little bit worrisome, just as because I don't want him to try to go too big with it. The reports are it's going to be an origin movie, um, so I think they can keep that pretty simple because really Deathstroke's origin is he uh, enlists in the army, yeah, he, fall, he, six, he right? falls in love. Uh, he quickly learns basically all types of martial arts and becomes an expert in hand-to-hand combat. And then the army's like, hey, you're really good. Let's give you some, like, super soldier serums type of stuff and make you have, like, the ability to heal and have enhanced durability and strength and all this all this stuff. Um, so if he can – if they can do that, keep nice. it simple, introduce his personal life, and then if they do, like, Jackal as the villain, like, that's, like, the villain of his origin story, mm-hmm. um, there's some great stuff there with Deathstroke's son, and they can really go into, they can kind of span this out, this nice. movie, for, like, six years, um, and cover a lot of ground there, and, but then you're also going to get epic action with Gareth Evans, and that's clearly the best selling point, because Deathstroke is a really great action uh, character, and I think that was one of the big selling points of him being the villain of Batman, is, he's like, ooh, okay, you're gonna, we're going to get some cool hand-to-hand stuff. And instead, it's like, we don't know what's happening to the Batman, but now he's getting his own movie. Um, and I, I think that I think that, that could be great. Um, I mean, it is... I did, again, it's another DC movie that right. we have to keep our eyes on. So hopefully this doesn't end up like Nightwing or Batgirl or Cyborg or right. <laughs> Green Lantern. It's just like, Butterless this movie's just been announced. in development for five years and we don't hear anything about it. But believe Evans' schedule is pretty much wide open. He has one movie coming out next year mm-hmm. um, with... The uh, Apostle. Yeah, with... Uh, or just Apostle. What's his name? Star mm-hmm. of Legion, Dan Stevens. Oh, yeah, um, awesome. So that should be pretty cool. Netflix too, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of potential for this movie. I just wanted to come quickly because mm-hmm. after watching both Raid movies in the last couple of days uh, and being somewhat familiar with Deathstroke... 
this is a project that has me super intrigued, similar to when like Rick Famuyiwa joined The Flash. I was like, give me this movie now. Right. It's the same thing with this. Uh, DC has a lot of exciting properties I've learned. I'm just now waiting to see <laughs> how many of them actually come to fruition. So Okay. Uh, it's interesting for sure. And I think it's also interesting that this is another project that is it, it kind of follows DC's vision of saying we're director driven. Yeah. If uh, I mean, if a director can literally walk into their studio and say, Hey, I have this idea for a movie. Right. Gareth Evans did it here. Um, uh, yeah. Just Whedon did it with Batgirl. Right. I would, it kind of sounds like Chris McKay did that with Nightwing. Um, like yes. they can, if DC's going to actually do this, I think that's really cool. Um, especially cause they have this whole Elseworlds banner now, mm-hmm. uh, which that's not the official name of it, but, uh, Umberto Gonzalez, who broke the story, he said like on Periscope that he that this could be one of those Elseworlds stories potentially. So it may not even take place in the DC All movie right. universe. So they could have free reign to do a whole bunch of stuff there and uh, really go R rated with the violence and story and stuff potentially. And there, I mean that that could be really cool. DC, if there's one thing that you should know right now, you missed the cinematic universe train. Right. Yeah. But you know what? You haven't missed yet the genre film train because it's just started rolling down the tracks. We're only two years into it. Mm-hmm. Deadpool and Logan. Um, by 2018, we'll have uh, New Mutants and whatever's next, whatever Gambit turns into, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so don't miss the bus there. Take take chances and you will be rewarded at the box Hopefully, office. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's what... I mean, we talk, when we talked about that Elseworlds banner starting with the whole the Joker origin movie, we're like... Uh, does the Joker really need an origin movie? No, but you got to give credit where credit's due to DC for willing to take some chances and mm-hmm. be like, to maybe they have understand that. Maybe they're like, okay, yeah, the cinematic universe that Marvel's doing, nobody can really do that. It's, yeah. it's kind of been proven that Marvel is like the only company that understands how to do this, lays out a plan that they've really thought through and stick to it for the most part. Sure. They'll make a couple of changes. Like they'll, they'll can in humans or they'll insert spider and homecoming or they're like the sequel to Ant-Man, but yeah. they don't make like drastic changes. Like, well, uh, we're resetting half of phase three. Like mm-hmm. none of these movies are happening right. and we're green lighting. Um, I don't even know who Dr. Strange two to come out a year after the first movie. Like they're not making those like really quick decisions. We're like, we got to capitalize this money really quickly. They understand this is going to be a, this is a long game for them and they've been doing that for a long time and uh, they've proven they can do that. And I think if DC really wants to be the anti Marvel kind of yeah. <laughs> approach, there's no better way to go anti cinematic universe than be like, we don't have a cinematic universe. Right. We do standalone movies, but then maybe you can still have some crossover, yeah, but absolutely. it doesn't have to be technically all one shared universe. Open your films the way Blade Runner 2049 did. I saw that again this week. Oh, yeah? Just phenomenal. <laughs> but just let us know where we are, and then let's get into it. Yeah. Or don't even tell us. Just tell us a story. Yeah. With superheroes. Yeah. Action like, heroes. Like every other movie. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, clearly, I mean, yeah, like... There's a lot of potential for DC. Uh, they have Justice League coming out in three weeks now. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure on that movie. The tracking's in. Uh, the runtime's in. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Hopefully, it's a good movie. Um, and if it is, maybe they maybe they you know double down on a cinematic universe 
model. And they're like, okay, this is working. Let's do Wonder Woman 2. Yeah. Shazam is part of this universe. Let's get the Batman going. Let's get the Flash going. Black Adam. Black Cyborg. Adam. Uh, Green Lantern. <laughs> Cyborg. Every, all, get all these movies starting to move. So that way they can kind of do somewhat of a slate, but not like a full, here's our plan for the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. Do like a, yeah. here's our plan for three years. And be like, okay, that's manageable because you guys have writers attached. You guys have directors attached. You have <laughs> cast attached. Not be like, we're going to make a, um, a Martian Manhunter movie. Oh gosh. That'd be cool. It would be cool, but I don't want them to announce a Martian <laughs> Manhunter movie for 2020 when they don't have a director, a writer or anything attached because then they, could, then they have to meet that date. Mm-hmm. Instead, they can be like, okay, Zemeckis is going to do The Flash. Here's a 2020 release date. Um, you know, Matt Reeves is Batman. Here's its 2020 release date probably at this point too. Uh, you know, they can kind of do that at a slower pace and uh, hopefully it all works out for them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I want them to succeed. Absolutely. But I just don't want them to sell me on a terrible movie either. Exactly. So, <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see what the future holds for the DC uh, movie universe, whatever we're going to call it. Yes. But uh, this week, there's a lot of talk about uh, some franchises coming back potentially. Uh, we got word that Lethal Weapon 5 could be in development with Deadline revealing that... Um, uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and Richard Donner have all wow. regrouped together and been like, let's make this movie. And so they're kind of trying to figure out if that can happen. And then there's word that um, the studio behind Ace Ventura is looking to maybe reboot that movie as well, which got me thinking. And I propose this to you as the big question of what franchise revivals slash reboots do we actually want to see? Because we get a lot. Like it, it maybe seems like, oh, we get one or two a year, but here's a list of movies we've gotten probably in the last five years that are in some way connected to previous movies. So we've seen the Rocky franchise revived yep. Creed. Planet of the Apes has been revived since 2011. Star Wars came back in a big way, obviously 2015. Star Trek came back in 2009. Uh, Mad Max, Alien, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner, Tron, Terminator, Die Hard, Jurassic Park, Dumb and Dumber, Zoolander, Independence Day. To name, just, to name a few. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like th- those are all movies that we've seen some sort of long-awaited sequel or a reboot or a revival in the last like five years or so. Mm-hmm. And you know this this Christmas we get Jumanji, which is like a reboot of sorts to the Same original title. movie. Yeah. Um, we get Top Gun two in a couple of years. We have Predator coming out Jack next year. Reacher. Um, yeah, that Jack Reacher. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of these movies, and uh, if you really look at them, it's like a, it's it's very hit or miss with a lot of these. I mean, we have the Kree's, Planet of the Apes, Star Wars, Star Trek, um, some of the Alien movies, Mad Max, Blade Runner, and Jurassic World for a lot of people. But you know, you look at you know, Indiana Jones Four, no, mm-hmm. uh, Tron Legacy is mixed. Uh, so, yeah, it's mixed. Yeah. Terminator, nobody has liked anything that's come after Terminator 2. Uh, Die Hard, the last couple have not been well received. Dumb and Dumber, er, whatever that sequel was called, yeah, was, Dumb and Dumber. was bad. Uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it, but that's probably just like, I, I, I really wanted to, probably. Yeah. I think if I watched it again, I'd hate it. Um, Zoolander 2, not good. And I mean, Independence Day Resurgence was absolutely terrible. So uh, that got us thinking, which ones do we actually want to see? We each have a list of movies ranging i don't know how far back you went to f- try to find movies you want to see sequels or re- reboots revivals 80s. okay Hope so it's not too far no that's fine I, my rate my list goes from like the 70s up to like 
2003. Oh, nice. So okay, good. we've got a wide we've got a wide net to cast. What's your first proposal? All right. And the best part of this one, I think it's the most feasible on my list here okay. too without diving into whatever Netflix may dredge up in the future uh-huh. or anything else. Blade I almost, Wesley ha- I almost had that on my list. Because number one, Wesley Snipes still has not forgotten that character. I think he still no. loves it and he still wants to do it. Second of all, well, Wesley Snipes, okay? <laughs> Third of all, put it in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I don't know how or why or, you know, it may not be exactly canon, but once whatever shakes out with Thanos, we need to go to ground zero again, all right? Or, may, or you know, go intergalactic. Mm-hmm. But let's let the let's let some darkness creep in, but with some Wesley Snipes wit and brevity <laughs> and... Let's let the man hunt vampires, and you know, all the all that Blade does. Mm-hmm. So uh, there were three, yep, the three, 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 Bla- three original Blade movies, and let's at least do one more, but uh, set in this universe. I mean, I think they could almost retroactively make the Blade movies canon. I do too, and it wouldn't really change anything outside of establish some sort of supernatural presence. Um, personally, I think Blade would work better on Netflix because they could go. A little darker, a little bit more adult. Sure. I don't. I think Blade has to be either R or TVMA to really work, and I don't see Marvel making an R-rated movie ever. So me neither. That's why I'm a little bit jaunted here. But yeah. oh, okay, thank so, you. That, that, me. That, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I'd love to see a, a Blade movie. Whether it's I'd love to see Wesley Snipes because there were talks, um, and I don't know about two years ago. Really, there were rumors of a, a series coming to Netflix that would star the daughter of blade and oh, that would have been great too. Um, and I thought that would have been a really interesting pitch and that way you could still bring, you could bring Wesley Snipes back, but you wouldn't have to make it Canon. You could just be like a very cool uh, tip of the cap to what he did before to help kind of help launch. I mean, the, I mean, he was kind of the foundation of R rated superhero movies and they don't, Blade doesn't get any credit for that. It's all Amen. Deadpool. Um, I don't love those movies, but I mean, they deserve the credit for, you know, laying that foundation. Yeah, they're and stuff. F- they're they're fun and they were different for their time. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, I, I, I like yeah. <laughs> I All that right, too. I like that pick. So uh, my first option uh, is a movie I just bought on uh, Blu-ray this morning. Actually, uh, Gremlins. I would love to see another Gremlins movie. I would too. Uh, I don't know how or what it would be about, but I watched the I watched Gremlins for the first time earlier this year, and I was like, man, this movie is so good. It's just so good. And I think mm-hmm. you could, they would probably CG it, all the gremlins nowadays. Or some kind of hybrid. Or a yeah. hybrid, but you could, I mean, you, but you could definitely amp it up with special effects nowadays. I mean, the puppets are better than they were back in the 80s. And I, I, I think they could do something really cool with another movie where you can kind of get into the fun horror thriller elements that first movie had. Yeah. Um, but also make it. I mean, they could go. They could go really dark with right. it and make it harder. They could go a little more light with the family friendliness of it. But I think Gremlins is a franchise that's primed to be brought back in some capacity. And I'm just kind of waiting for it to happen now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because I mean, th- first of all, the Mogwai are cute. Yeah, and when or just Mogwai, I guess I don't mm-hmm. know what you call the subsequent underlings after he gets wet. Right. But uh, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a sticking point right there. I mean, it 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 told us that we don't need R-rated R movies to be very serious and dark. Mm-hmm. And Gremlins was just like that. Yeah. It was just wacky, zany, with people dying all over the place. Mm-hmm. It was it was in the 
the prime of horror movies being campy but still super entertaining. And I think it could play very well off of like the whole Stranger Things renaissance yeah. of the 80s and stuff. I think the nostalgia it, is great. prime for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm all on board for that. Um, so I have – I don't know if this really counts as a reboot. Okay. We'll, we'll see. But I want Avatar brought back. I was – I watched, I did a rewatch of Akira and it got me thinking of Avatar, the Nickelodeon, the last airbender television show that tried to get adapted by M. Night Shyamalan and it wasn't going to work as a one movie. No. It shouldn't have even been attempted like that. I've yet to see it. Uh, Abysmal. But let's do it now. We've got, this is, this is 2017. James Cameron's making sequels of his Avatar. (laughs) All right. Let's do Avatar The Last Airbender. Or maybe you can't do it because of his new movie films. I don't know. But whatever the case is, let's get a kid. Let's Harry Potter this thing for six mm-hmm. movies, three movies. Because I, I think the world is super cool. It is. And it's awesome. I would love to see, um, I don't know, Like imagine Daisy Ridley playing uh, whatever her name is. from Cora? the Yeah, Cora. I think that would be cool. I don't know, but whatever the case is, just there's so much cool stuff. I think they, I think they would here. go with a very they would go an all ethnic cast for that yeah, one. That would probably be true because that was pretty big criticism of the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I just I would think I think Avatar has a lot of fans, mm-hmm. and I think done Absolutely. right, done with care. Studios love franchises. Yep. This is one I would be okay to see. I was thinking about Avatar. Not for this list, but like a couple weeks ago, just be like, when is somebody going to try Avatar again? Because I remember watching that. I remember like just catching an episode of that on Nickelodeon, like, I don't know, whenever it was back airing in like yeah. season three or four. Golden days. And being like, man, what is this show? This is awesome. And then like every Saturday, I was just like, it was, they would play all the episodes basically. I'm just mm-hmm. like, watch it. And I'm, man, like, I like, fell in love with that show as a child. They and brought it back with a sequel series, The Legend, Legend of, of Korra. Korra. Yeah. Um, people a, like I it. A, I haven't had a chance to watch that. But I'm a, I'm a fan of the classic. Yeah, so. I mean, I've heard great things, but I think that could even be a way to bring it back. You could spin it off and instead of doing Avatar Last Airbender because that name may have some bad connotations with it now. You could do Legend of Korra as just have Korra as the lead, bring stuff in retroactively. And Let the old series be the history. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Like you could, you could do, I mean, I, I'm all on board for another Avatar. I think that'd be great. Uh, this one, probably controversial, but I don't want a straight reboot. I want a continuation of this universe. Okay. Back to the future. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. It took me a second to make me... Like, make sure you were thinking of the... No, Zemeckis' films should not be touched. Michael J. Fox's films should not be touched. I agree. And this this is not going to do anything with that, except it'll have the DeLorean. That's it. Ooh. It would... I think I think Back to the Future is a classic. It is a perfect movie. It is one oh. of the all-time greats. Yes, yes. And I think right. it's still... Amen. You can absolutely still show it to people. Because my, my younger sister watched it, like, a year, a couple years ago. And, like, fell in love with it. And she watched it, like, a couple of times a week. Because it was, it was so good. But how many people are still seeking out the original Back to the Future? And I think you could do a new one. Set in 2017, 2018, 2020, whenever this movie comes out, and have them. I think there. I think there's a need for a time traveling franchise out there. We don't get time travel a lot in movies. I want to see it back. 
and Back to the Future seems like the best way to do it, just because of the IP. If if there's okay. some if there's some original idea, and that's the thing, I don't want Marty McFly to be in there. I don't want Doc to be in there. I just want the DeLorean. Some kid to stumble across the DeLorean and like uh, an old car shop, kind of like Transformers One. <laughs> oh jeez, directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Not directed by Michael Bay. We'll make that clear. All right, fair enough. Um, but kind of you build off that, and then it's just a kid who accidentally winds up, you know, travel through time, play it like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something. Oh, okay. That was another one I almost considered, but like I don't know. I still haven't seen the sequel to it, but I think this could be one if done correctly. I don't want to see them just do a, a sequel to it that stars like Marty McFly's children. Not that. Something fresh, something clean. The only thing that connects it is there's it's the same DeLorean. It's the DeLorean. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, canon would be hard to do because obviously uh, the DeLorean gets destroyed and the sure. only time machine tr- that's left the is the train. Yeah. So, listen, you have canon issues there, Cooper. And Figure it out. Y- you, we can't move forward with this process until <laughs> right, you, you iron those out. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll, I'll do a complete proposal. I'll go back and rewind. script by Monday, okay. please. Well, what, today what is, is Monday. What, what is your next option? Okay. This one is straight from my dad, and I have to agree a thousand percent. Okay. All right. Escape from New York. There were two films in 19, the 1990s? Yeah. 1980s. Yeah. I think it's late 80s. The Escape from New York mm-hmm. and Escape from LA. Yep. But premises, Cold War is over. Because in case anyone doesn't know, it stars Kurt Russell. Cold War is almost over or is over. Manhattan Island has become basically a supermax prison. Yeah. And. The movie's, the movie's premise was so big for itself, you know, uh, that seeing it done today, mm-hmm. 2017, where you can spend $10 million and recreate everything that, you know, that got shown mm-hmm. in the, the original, you could do it 10 times better. Get a, get a classic action hero and then just go for it. I mean, obviously, you'd want to follow uh, Snake's. What is that his name? Snake Pliskin. Yeah, Snake Pliskin. That is. I can't believe you know that off the top of your head. That's, yeah. That is great trivia. <laughs> um, and let's let him save the president. I think the president's Danny Glover, right? In that film. Um. Maybe I can't I remember. I think it is. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, but absolutely, I love the idea. I don't know if you need Escape from LA's was premise was a lot more loose yeah but starting here with the supermax prison of new york city or manhattan island i should say and maybe just playing off of that the entire way through mm-hmm. that is awesome that is epic i would love to see that done there's i believe there's actually talks of a reboot for escape from new york um seriously yeah there was like there was a report from the rap i think early this year that they had like story details of what it could potentially be and um all that stuff. Oh, dang it! So uh, I mean, so you're on you're on the money because uh, I think that one's gonna happen. I don't know who would who would you cast as the new Snake Plissken or as a new character? The completely? new Snake Plissken, man. Who is? Oh, it would probably have to be Arnie Hammer, um, okay. Alex Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Or ooh, man, I'm casting people that look like. Kurt Russell okay, here. Kurt Russell. Um, gosh. My mind went to Chris Pat immediately, but I yeah, was like, mine too. Ah. But I was like, no, th- no, no, that's not right. That can't be right. Uh, you know, I have to give it more thought. But what about Chris Hemsworth? Get the other Chris. Yes, in there. especially after the Thor movie where he looks a little bit more warrior-ish and yeah. less slick. 
absolutely. The, you could uh, see that. But who donned the eye patch? That's my worry. You know, actually, I think Ian McGregor. That could be fun. I think that would be great. Would maybe yeah, we'll have to work around that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Sure. <laughs> of course. If that ever happens. Oh yeah, that's 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 written in anytime I mention that guy's name. Yeah. Um. I I, I like that suggestion as well. Uh, my other one, Spaceballs two. I want to. I want another Spaceballs movie. Wait, wait, wait! Spaceballs isn't a franchise, though. Is this just movies we want to see sequels to? Okay, that's a fair point. We'll skip it. Okay, no, go ahead though. I want to. I, 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 I hate that. it though. But you hate ahead. Spaceballs? Yeah. Just because it makes listen, fun of Star Wars. Yeah, because kids, kids in junior high thought that movie was funny. It is because funny. it made fun of Star Wars because Star Wars was for nerds, <laughs> and I hated every single person that tried to tell me. This is this is a funny movie because Star Wars is for nerds. And no, I, it's 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 a spoof. I it's you can't poke fun at Star hurt, Wars. It hurt. I can poke fun at Star Wars. Other kids can't poke fun at me with spaceballs. So you don't think spaceballs is funny? I think the Pizza the Hut bit is like that's the one of the best part. parts at, at the end of the film. He's so he, gross. Oh, I, will, I want to throw up every time because he just has like stuff falling down his face. And I'm like, ah. Him, him eating himself and his uh, getting locked in his limousine. That's the only funny part of that movie for me. Really? Not even like comb the desert and they're using actual yeah. combs? No. Wow. Not good. Uh, no. Oh, man. That's disappointing. I would love to see Space it was. Too. It was very only, Monty. Only, only to get a Mel Brooks revival. Okay. Because they were talked about doing Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money, back when like Episode 7 was coming out. So mm. it's probably never going to happen, but I think it'd be fun. And I I can laugh at Star Wars to a certain degree. I, I don't want them to... I can too. I don't want them to make fun of it. I mean, completely. Be like, <laughs> oh, this is for nerds. Yes. But if I'm, they can kind of poke holes in the mythology and the storytelling, I think that's fun. It hurt me, and I won't forgive it, okay? <laughs> okay. But I'm over it now. I don't, I don't think you are. I'm never saying... I'm you're, never, you're I'm never letting it go. But all right, fine. Because I, I wrote this down too, and I'm, even though I dented you for it. 1984 is a great book. The movie is good too. I would love to see that rebooted. Okay. But instead of... A se- or I would love to see not a sequel for it, but a prequel for it. What is 1984? Uh, George Orwell's Orwellian Future where you're spying on everywhere you look and lies become the truth. The truth becomes lies and all of those themes and qualities. Uh, everyone's supposed to be the same. No... Um, possessions or not not possessions but no originality and stuff yeah no originality it's you remember the 1984 mac ad where everyone's marching no. in drones oh yeah brother yes yeah, yeah. yeah that's that future depicted there is okay. basically uh george orwell's 1984 but i would want to see a movie not very cleverly titled 1983 but how did we get to that point okay that would be cool you want to plan the apes it i want to plan the apes <laughs> all of these movies because Planet of the Apes was just such a great idea. Let's take the present and then apply it to these these films mm-hmm. and uh, work out how you get there. That social commentary, some serious action because 1984 alludes to these wars and these battles and these conflicts that they have with other people. And uh, all of that being played out would be super, super cool. I feel, I feel like there's been talk of a reboot for 1984 with Michael B. Jordan. Does that sound right? Or is that just that Matrix that I'm thinking of? The Matrix, yeah. Which is somewhat related, kind of related to it, but not. Well, anyway, 
There's mine. What do you got next? Speaking of the Matrix. Yeah. I want to see more of the Matrix. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a movie that's primed. I'm totally on board for the Michael B. Jordan pitch of him being the lead in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'd love to see them do it in a way where they retcon two and three. Um, still keep Keanu around in some capacity, um, but then have Michael B. Jordan come in as the new lead and yeah. help save the day and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just such an interesting world. It's such a cool world that I would love to see more of it. And, you know, with technology nowadays, I think there's some really interesting stuff you could do with that. Plus, I mean, I mean, you could always do social commentaries on a bunch of different stuff with Matrix. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, I think that's one that, I mean, there's talks of it, obviously. So I think it's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of how soon. Mm-hmm. And I would hope it's sooner rather than later. Do you think we are in the Matrix? Uh, I think that sometimes. Oh, okay. Very cool. Kind of like when you see Deja Vu. Yeah. That's one of my favorite little bits in that. <laughs> a Deja Vu uh-huh. is actually just a glitch in the Matrix. Classic. Yeah. Elon Musk will tell us, though, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, okay. I've got Aragon. Oh, it, okay. It came out as a plot for three movies because there were going to be books. Mm-hmm. Because the the books were going to uh, come out alongside. But the movie was just so atrocious yeah. and butchered everything that I'd read uh, horrendously they shut it all down the rights to the sequel and all the other p- books were just kind of held back but i would like to see it happen again there have been murmurings and rumors for like 10 years or so now that that's probably too long like five or six years that he had written um christopher perioli is that perioli yeah had written up a script himself okay that would reboot the series but also be, serve as the sequel Hmm. and it was a little derivative of Lord of the Rings, and now we have kind of Game of Thrones out there now too, which kind of fills the gap with these dragons here. Yeah. But uh, it would be very cool to see Aragon brought back. Okay. I've, I think I've seen Aragon. I don't remember it very yeah, well no, outside you of not liking it. But uh, okay. Mother uh, one that's another one that is, we talked about a couple weeks ago that is probably going to happen in some capacity. Another Men in Black. I oh, want to yeah. see another Men in Black. Um, you know, I would more like it if Will Smith and um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah. geez. Uh, if they were involved in some capacity, and either it's a handing off with the torch and being like, "All right, you're you're the new agents. Take over. We're retiring." Right. Or it's just like Tommy Jones already retired because he be pretty old by this point uh mm-hmm. so that'd be understandable or they do a time travel thing and then josh brolin still sticks around and they go back in time and has followed um you know maybe they do a josh brolin prequel and do more of his story i think that'd be cool um either way i just want to see more men in black it's such a cool universe and yeah i love the idea of that there there's this organization out there that is mm-hmm. <laughs> wiping the minds of yeah <laughs> regular civilians because there's you know alien invasion and monster attacks and i think they've only scratched the surface of the wackiness they could do with that franchise yeah there's that the the mind wiping part of the premise is just so funny like yeah. right off the top because you could have seen an alien today but you would not know <laughs> and that part of your hour was yeah. like it's just gone i mean an alien invasion could have happened two seconds ago right for us could have destroyed this whole apartment mm-hmm. but then they rebuilt it and then they put us back in here where they wiped yes. our minds and we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, listen, Will Smith is getting out there. He's getting zany again. He's I don't know if he's given up his Oscar streak of just like, you know, wanting to dive Trying into to go for it. Yeah. We'll get back to it let's, eventually. 
I hope so, because the man deserves one. Pursuit yeah. of Happiness still, oh, to so me, good. I didn't care about the Oscars then, but yeah, he didn't get one for it. Right, I know that movie. much. But let's get him in there. Let's get Tatum. Let's get um, <laughs> Jonah Hill. Because this is do the crossover. I want that movie I, so, so bad. Do I. So bad. Um, but another franchise that I want completely redone. Okay. Because it has changed the changed the map now. And Stephen King is as big as ever. I want Children of the Corn revisited. Okay. All right. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically kids start a society in the, the cornfields and they overthrow adults um the first one is a little campy and like very it's like c plus horror not even b okay mm-hmm. uh so but that done today and it would be it would be a hard sell for an r film and you may have to change your premise a little bit mm-hmm. because the book is lord of the flies yeah only in the cornfields and they actually do carry out murderous acts on adults but you may need to make it horror from those who live on the outside okay and then find a way to get back in there because how else do you sell it other than a movie where kids kill their adults i just feel like that's right. a, a pr <laughs> nightmare yeah. to sell as a book but um i mean i think it's just saw on netflix gerald's games out there and uh-huh. that's like one of the one of the not quietest films but it just all happens in uh one room. Yeah. So if that can be made into a film, there's, I've got, I've got hopes for children of the corn to get it redone. <laughs> Cause there's like eight of them and they're all just terrible. I don't know. This is like know. the second time you mentioned children of the corn last like three weeks, I think. Uh, because I, I, I when did they mention the first time? Before? I don't remember. You mentioned well, a couple weeks ago. Anyway. Yeah, I probably did. I think, I think the book is so good that, uh, I mean, I'm just waiting for a movie. Okay. To finally fulfill the promise of the book. All right. Uh, my next one is, uh, I didn't realize it until you called me out about Spaceballs 2, but it's the same thing. Uh, no, so go I'm, for I'm it. going to gloss over it quickly. No, no, go ahead. Mean Moms. I want a Mean Girls sequel starring Lindsay Lohan that kicks off her revival of her career, but she's a mom. And it's kind of like Bad Moms, but it's oh, Mean yeah. Moms, and it's like her, and she has to go to war with like the moms of her cul-de-sac. <laughs> okay. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Mean Girls is one of my favorite movies. It's so good. Uh, Tina Fey is oh, excellent. Yes. And Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams and everybody. This can happen. Mean Girls is going to hit Broadway. The, the Broadway musical yeah. Mean Girls is hitting Broadway this fall. I think they're in mm-hmm. previews right now. And they're going to they're gonna hit out this fall or next spring. And if that's a success, people are going to be begging for it. And right. I haven't seen Rachel McAdams in a film since Doctor Strange. Yeah, so, I mean, she's in an Oscar, some Oscar movie this year. I right. can't remember what it's called. We'll but. find out about it. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. Grab I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if I need, I would love to see Regina George back in some capacity. Oh, yeah. But I don't want her to be like the across the street neighbor to right. to Katie. Because that's just like, oh, uh, it's the same thing again. I want Katie to go to war with like some other snotty sure. moms. Like, oh, I think that would be fun. Yeah. Um, or, uh, yeah, I mean, l- <laughs> there there is no shortage of. Uh, satire out yeah, there for it. Exactly. Yeah, it would be in the vein of Mean Moms, or not Mean Moms, uh, Bad, Bad Moms. Moms. There's a Bad Moms sequel coming out. Yeah. Bad Moms Christmas Party or something like that. That's, I think it's Bad Moms Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah. that it looks funny too. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm totally, totally on board for and that. Like, there's actually, I think there's actually, there's this movie was actually in development at one point. Like Mean Moms was a pitch. Uh, there's a script written for it reportedly, and like Jennifer Aniston was supposed to be attached. So maybe she could play like the, the like the leader of like the, 
I don't know, like the neighborhood watch or something yeah. that like oh, yeah, gets yeah. under Lindsay Lohan's skin or something. It I would be it. fun and it's it's deserved. I want to see another one. That's all right. uh, yeah. Well, all right, I've got a reboot suggestion. Okay. Okay. Uh Clockwork Orange. Okay. It's a classic novel and no one's touched it since, but it's a futuristic London and basically about a gang of kids just running around in doing terrible future. things. Yeah, doing terrible things. Um, and you may have to adapt some of the more zany parts of it mm-hmm. to the screen because I don't think they'll play well. But I, I'm i just ready for all of my novels that I've read yeah. to become... I mean, listen, uh, A Wrinkle in Time mm-hmm. is, is coming on its way out. So maybe Disney can pick up a Clockwork Orange and PG it. PG it. Whoa. I don't know how. Maybe that's too. Maybe that's asking I don't too know. much. I don't know. I don't but know. Listen, I, after Disney, the Kubrick version, I don't know how you're doing it any different. Yeah, that is too dark. And it yeah, just that's like Kubrick it, ruins things. It's such like a just a classic for so many people that I don't I don't think we'll ever see a reboot of that or remake of it or anything. But who knows? I mean, who I'd knows? Be, I'd be on board for it. I'm not opposed to it. But uh, speaking of a reboot. Uh, this is a more recent. The, the, my two reboot suggestions are okay. pretty recent ones. Um, I want to see a reboot of National Treasure. They're doing a third one. What? Yeah. With Nick Cage? With Nick Cage. Nah. Yes, huh? What? Yes. This can't be real. Cage, Cage is... Every time Cage has done a movie in the last few years... Um, okay, so it's not real. No, it is real. He, the script is being fact-checked, like, mercilessly. What? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I, I want to see this movie. Yeah, absolutely. National, I mean, I National Treasure is dumb, but it's fun. And yes. it is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I love the whole like, conspiracy theory elements of it. I would love to see what else they would tackle because they've already tackled, um, well, they tra- they tackled the Constitution. They tackled, what was in the second one? The uh, That's not El Dorado, but it's the right, city, of, it's gold. Like, yeah, it's city Aztec, of gold. Aztec, Aztec Fortune. Thing. Yeah. I would love to see what they do next that the U.S. is trying to cover up. I think there's, I mean, there's so many conspiracy theories the out JFK there. JFK files just yeah, dropped. You could do so many things. Uh, I would love to see a reboot of it. Or, I mean, if if they are going to make a third one, I, I would see the third one because maybe it could actually bring Nick Cage back to, like, relevance and decency. But I think they could do a reboot, kind of go more in the vein of Indiana Jones uh, and kind of play up the whole conspiracy uh, theory elements of the whole thing because I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is from Cinema Blend. Um, okay. Are you, okay, he was talking to EW actually. So this is what he said. I do not know that those scripts are very difficult to write, but there has to be some credibility in terms of facts and fact checking because it was relying on historical events. When was that written? Uh, a year ago. Okay. So it's still out there and they're working on it. I, I because yes, I I mean I I billion percent agree. <laughs> I want to know what he looked at on page twenty three thirty two in the president's secret book. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So yeah, absolutely, the president in that movie. I can't even think who that was. Anyway, moving forward. Anyway, yeah, I I totally agree. Especially who plays Riley? Oh, it's um, I don't know. But that's like the only thing I've ever seen. Him, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like he's not in a lot of stuff. I'm pretty sure he's like one of the reasons that I have such a uh, you know an affinity for MacBooks. Because <laughs> uh, of that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin Bartha. Yeah, I've not seen him in anything. Yeah, but His name does not ring a bell. Right. Uh, it would be. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe we bring back Sean Bean, too. Sean Bean's not enough stuff, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he didn't die. Let's break uh, him out of prison. I thought he did die this No, he gets arrested. No, that's... Uh, Doesn't he die in, like, the the, uh, the tunnel thing with, like, the spinning uh, wheel of, like, trying to keep the water out? That... Doesn't he, like, he holds it so that Nick Cage and uh, his girlfriend and what's-his-face can get out? No, that's Ed... Not Ed Smith... But Ed Klein? Ed Scribe? Ed Klein from Mother. Ed Ed Harris? Ed Harris. Yeah, that's Ed Harris that gets him getting killed. So Sean yeah, yeah. not in the second one? No. He gets arrested outside of Paul, the, the lighthouse. Yeah, at the, the, at the first one. Right. Okay. For no, some reason, I thought he was in the second one. No, that would be terrific. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Alan Muren's still out there, too? We, yes. I mean, there's there so many good people yeah. in those films. Um, they and Kruger was in there as well. Yeah, man. I, I I'm surprised Disney hasn't done it already, but eventually I'm sure. So yeah. Do you have any more? That is it for me okay. too. So I've got, I've, actually I have two more. I'll, right, tell this, I'll, do, I'll do them quickly. Um, one of them's already been talked about. Crocs and Nadia. I want to see the reboot yeah. that Joe Johnson's working on. Cause I love that world. I know I haven't read all the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a huge fan of those movies as a child and I want to see more. Um, of Narnia and all those stories and everything and eventually get to the the climax because that the final book was always one that interests me the most. I yeah. tried reading it a bunch of times, but it starts with like a donkey and a bear or something. Yeah, like two animals for like six chapters. And I was like, I can't get into so this. Obscure. Um, but it's supposed to be like the big epic conclusion and the huge battle. And I was like, I want to see that and see Aslan like just like, you know, tear some people up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this is kind of a revival in the sense of Jumanji. You want Jumanji brought back? No, it's being brought back. No, no, it's it, the, the, the pitch is in the sense of the Jumanji reboot. That's happening. Okay. Currently. I want to see oceans 14 with, cause clearly George Clooney and Matt Damon having a little rough. Yeah. After Suburbicon. <laughs> that's they, true. They need a hit. And I think next year we're going to get a big hit with Oceans 8. Mm-hmm. I do. And so I, I want to so see too. Oceans 14 that pairs up like Matt Damon, George Clooney, um, Brad Pitts, and I don't know who else is. I mean, you could get Casey like Affleck Casey Affleck in there. Yeah, no, and like actually maybe pass. not because he's having some PR problems I don't, currently. Yeah, I'm not a fan of um, him anymore. Have like, but have, get, the, get the main three and maybe somebody else and team them up with the girls. Yes. And... Absolutely. Go on an adventure. Uh, Minnie Kaling and Hathaway. Uh, obviously, Kate Blanchett. Kate uh, Bullock's in um, there. Um, so many people. So many talented, talented people. Helen Bottom Carter is attached, yep. right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So many great yeah, people. Yeah, and I'd love to see that. I'd love because especially because like the rumor, the, the, the report is that like Sandra Bullock is George Clooney's sister, mm-hmm. I believe. So then like at the end of the eighth movie, yes. like, I yes. think they're supposed yes. to cameo in it if they could be like... You know, George Clooney's like, hey, you know, I'm thinking of this job. Right. Maybe I can use you guys on. And they could do Ocean's 11, have 11 people for the 14th movie, eight girls, three dudes. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clooney, Pitt, Damon. Yeah. Absolutely. Eight ladies. That's all you need. That'd be great. That would be phenomenal. I'm all about this. Yes. Especially and if you can get Steven Soderbergh to come back, that'd be even better. <gasps> Um, absolutely but that's that's it those are my suggestions those are your suggestions I think we have some good options out there Hollywood absolutely. if you're listening studio executives like I know you are come on reboots are easy 
Yeah, I mean, you guys love to do them anyways. If you didn't catch the list of 15 or 20 names I threw out at the beginning, right? Uh, here's another 20 options for you. And so. that's not even counting just continuations of franchises yeah. as well. That that list expands to like 2 billion, you know, if you go there. Right, you, yeah. You count Lego Batman, John Wick 2, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a lot of options out there. And next week, we have a sequel. Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. Ooh. You looking forward to it? Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to have a preview episode, so you guys can hear a bunch of thoughts about what we expect to see for Thor Ragnarok. But just briefly, Josh, what do you want to tease people with in terms of what they can expect in our preview episode, what your thoughts may be? I may talk a lot about Jeff Goldblum. Okay. I may say Taika Waititi is probably the best director that you've turned me on to okay. during this podcast. That's a plus. And then I also may say something like, Thor has been boring. This <laughs> may change all that. I think those are probably all pretty fair Do you echo statements. those statements? I don't think Thor has been boring. I've okay. enjoyed those movies for what they are have been, uh, two to a lesser degree. Gotcha. But I think the first Thor is a very good fish out of water uh, story. I think Helms was really good at it. Mm-hmm. I think Portman's pretty good in it as well. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, and, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Renee Rousseau. I mean, it has a great cast, uh, which really helps. It. And I love th- that the Marvel Universe went into all the mythology of Norse uh, mythology and all that stuff. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to see the, third, the next movie because it has Taika TV. It has all the colors. It has what should be a crazy story. Um, I was just listening to an interview today from Taika Waititi where he was like, yeah, we were, this movie was originally like an hour 40, but then I added in 30 minutes jokes. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> heck yeah. All right. <laughs> like this is going to like it, everybody's saying it's like the funniest Marvel movie out there. That's going to be tough because I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming is really funny. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy is really funny. Yes. Um, so to beat both of those would be a testament, but there's probably an argument to me that Taika Waititi is the funniest director they've had. Yeah. And I'll, I've got a whole graph about this uh so tune into the preview show yes and we'll talk about the comedy of taika watiti yeah and that'll be out either tomorrow or the day after that uh, we'll figure it out but make sure you guys uh tune into that episode if you want to make sure you see that episode subscribe to us on itunes plus leave us a five-star view because that helps us out. Mm-hmm. And if you are enjoying our reviews that we did when we, when we crapped on Suburbicon or our news breakdowns, or if you're like our preview Thor we're going to do, telling us that you do, we'll let other people know that you like it. We'll give them reason to tune in and uh, just help us get a larger community, some maybe more, some more fans, uh, and give us you know, just some more reason to do this. Yeah, help us out, folks. It would it'd be great. Greatly appreciate it. I mean, it's almost Thanksgiving. It's almost Christmas time. It's like the giving spirit is on, is upon the world. So if you want to help us out in any capacity, giving us a review on iTunes is easily the best way to do that. But uh, other than that, that's all we have for this episode. So uh, be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything we covered by choice at Friends of Film. We use the updates on the podcast, movies, and more. You can find me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. You can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film podcast. Josh? Thanks for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to turn next week for our review of Thor Ragnarok.